Hey Austin, quick question: Is there one bed or two beds in your in your room in Lima? One bed, but I only use one side of the bed. You only use one side. Like, well, hold on, wait. So I, I was going to ask a question, but a different question now. When you have a bed to yourself, you still just sleep like you're with a partner. I do not sleep in the center of the bed. No, uh, I mean unless if it's bigger than a twin, uh, then yeah. I, I will probably prefer one side because I do use the I, I, I do end up using the table thing because I put my like water there. I have my medication there, stuff like that. I'm probably plugged into my phone. These are actually a really good reason. So, you know, I don't have a 10 foot long cable. So, OK, um, I, I'm interested in what other people have opinions about this. Please respond. If I'm in a king size bed by myself, I'm sleeping like a crazy person, like diagonally or a starfish or not not nice and neat like you do. But when I share a bed, uh, it's very um, consensual, cooperative, nice. <laughs> Um, I I was just curious if if, what if is this, your dating profile we're writing right now? No, no, I'm not writing a dating profile. I'm just asking if if there's room if I were to just happen to need somewhere to sleep in in Lima come say Saturday. Um. Uh, yeah. Should this be should this be an off the podcast conversation? I I just need to like I have a I have a flight, but not like a bed. Is, is what I'm saying. I might, I should have asked before I, I, I booked, actually. Uh, okay, we, we as can long discuss- as you are consensual and cooperative and whatever the fuck else you said. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Good to, good to, good to know. Um, I booked a ticket to come to Lima. <laughs> good, good, good. I like how we see each other more at events halfway across the world than we do in Los Angeles. <laughs> we live literally less than an hour away from each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i like where you live for, though yeah for it's, me to avoid driving anywhere it's true but the pro i like where you live and i'm over there at, sometimes like i i'm by your house and i'm like mm, i should talk to austin um but that's that's neither here nor there i booked a ticket to lima because i have uh this suspicion Call it uh, hopium or, or copium or, or, or foolishness that um, Team Liquid m- might win the, the major. Yeah, they're, they're looking pretty good for sure. Uh, I think Blitz was the most worried about their first playoff match. Uh, and they won that uh, 2-0. It seems not that I watched it because it was like... <laughs> 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. We can get there in a moment. We can get there. I had to be awake at 7 a.m., so I wasn't sick enough to watch that one. But it did seem pretty one-sided. So the the what was encouraging about it is game two uh, was a little bit you know rough and tumble for for early mid game. But we just <laughs> we I'm on the team just 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 like played better and clawed a lead back. So you know I, I I feel good. I feel good. I, I want I want to be there to um, make c- content. That's that's what I'm telling um, the the people to justify it as a business trip, right? 
Um, yeah, instead of saying that you're taking even more time off. It's not time have. off if I'm working. It's over a week. Okay, dude, my, I have a red-eye flight on Friday night. I'm working all day Friday. I will get to Lima uh, Saturday morning, a couple hours before the game, and then I leave on Monday. So, like, for all intents and purposes, I'm not missing any time of work. I'm just going to South America. Um, and I've heard a rumor that it's uh, warm there. What, what should I be packing? Ink top and shorts. That's what you should be packing. Copy. Um. It's it's hot. I mean, it's it's like it's not like overwhelmingly hot. Um, it's like in the eighties uh, in the sun. It's probably a bit uncomfortable, but the stadium is is warm for sure. Were you yeah. at the event when it was snowing at home? Uh, you- yes, yes, I was. In so, fact, uh, Ellie told me it snowed in Glendale, like the lightest little snow. It snowed today. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's snowing right now in parts. It, it's actually sunny outside for where I am. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to make this podcast political, but I heard a rumor. Um, I don't know. Climate change? Um, <laughs> uh, I believe it's called global warming. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're doing it right. Climate change. Could, could use some of that global warming about right now. Am I, am I right? Am I fucking right? Who are you, my dad? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, crazy weather. I'll make sure I'll make sure to leave my ski jacket at home and, the, and then pack a tank top. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about going, and we can talk about the actual, like, event and how it's breaking down in the group stage in a second, but I think what more people are probably interested in is the... Um, you know, not to be that guy, but the drama of the situation, because if I'm to load up Reddit or Twitch chat or Twitter or anywhere that people are, are talking about Dota, um, I'm seeing things like Shanghai Major 2.0 or photos of games being paused so we can duct tape boosts back together. And um, as somebody who has a production background, I'm just c- confused and concerned and conflicted. I found a third one. What's Good job. what's going on in Lima, Austin? Um, hmm. Okay, so we next week we'll we'll see if he backs down from this. Uh, but I believe next week we're gonna have Avo on, uh, Avo Plus, who's one of the commentators, and. Uh, he has uh, a lot more inside information as to what's going on here in in Lima, but uh, from I, I will just be trying to be as objective uh, as possible init- initially, mm-hmm. um, and just state kind of like what I have seen, uh-huh. and then I'll give kind of my take on it. So the Lima major. Um, well, I can I can say let, let's start off with my first day. Uh, so we did rehearsal, and by rehearsal, did rehearsal, I mean that we uh, got driven to um, Aorus is a computer company of some kind. I don't know exactly what they make, uh, but we went to their offices. That is where they had some sort of office, and they had set it up for us to be able to cast out of there. And by set it up, I mean these guys aren't like actual, I, I don't know exactly what they are, but they're, they, these are not broadcast guys, right? They mm-hmm. set up a, a table and I think they put up um, 
I think they set up a like sheet between the two rooms and like they, they did basically did the kind of, Hey, here's a room, right? Uh, which is exactly what they were supposed to do. As far as I understand, they, they did a good job and they were, they tried to help out as much as they could. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, there wasn't actually really a broadcast setup. Um, so I can say, what were you that, rehearsing uh, then? Like, well, we didn't. <laughs> okay. That's okay. how, Joey. We <laughs> sat around point. for uh, two to three hours, did absolutely nothing, and called a rehearsal. And that is not atypical for an esports broadcast, just to let you guys know. Uh, we do get paid for rehearsal days. Um, I charge half of my day rate for a rehearsal day. Uh, and sometimes those rehearsals are literally walking around the stadium being like, hey, here's where you're going to be, and this is what it looks like, and okay, we're done. Uh, to other times, it's, hey, sorry, guys, uh, it's just going to be another hour, and then we'll be ready to do rehearsal after we've waited, you know, five or six hours. Uh, and I've then had we to be that producer before. That, <laughs> I, I have empathy for the person telling you that. Like, yeah, not great. And, you know, it's it's annoying. Like I consider it a a, a waste of I I dislike uh, wasted time, but I understand like the, these things happen. Uh, and you're also paying me half my day rate, so I have no room to complain whatsoever. Like I'm getting paid for that day. Like you can have me for, you know, reasonably. I would prefer to keep it less than twelve hours. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, that's the thing. So we did nothing. We sat there for about uh, three hours, basically. Uh, our guy showed us a computer and a monitor that was set up on the side uh, and showed us a vMix uh, program and a saved um, a saved project that you could open up that, that was supposed to have like the things, but it was not actually set up to stream. Uh, we didn't realize that at the time, but it wasn't actually set up to stream. He just showed us how to basically click load a broad and then the broadcast.exe file or whatever the fuck. And, uh, and that was it. It literally was like a, a two minute, hey, here's this. After we waited around for like two and a half hours, did that and didn't do a rehearsal because there was no mics, there wasn't a table set up yet, and so on and so forth. We get there the next day to actually start the group stage broadcast, uh, expecting like the when this happens, when we don't actually do a rehearsal, it's because, okay, we're still setting things up, it'll be done by tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. We get there tomorrow, uh, it's not set up. Uh, the ORS guys did did put up the table and they put up the the curtain to be able to help with the noise between the two rooms and uh, and there was a camera set up, um, but we had to set up our laptops um, and the microphones were plugged in. But the biggest thing was VMix was not set up to stream. Uh, it wasn't actually set up to send the information to BTS Brazil, who was the guys uh, doing the production for the online part of it. Uh, as far as as who's responsible for that um, between ePulse and BTS Brazil, uh, I don't really know, and I'll let Avo tackle that subject if he does come on. Uh, but BTS Brazil were the guys that I was talking to to get these things done. Uh, we didn't have a production guy there, mm-hmm. so when we're trying to like put together this, and they're they're saying we're not getting a broadcast from you. Join you know this VMix call, uh, and can you get on Discord? 
what I ended up doing was I ended up calling the BTS Brazil producer on my phone and <laughs> showing, I turned on the camera and showed him the screen of the PC uh, that was supposed to be the production PC and was like, hey, walk me through like what the fuck you want me to do here. Um, I know you know this, and, but that's that's pretty above and beyond for talent. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not a production person. I'm, <laughs> my like it, it may sound a little like pretentious, but like my job is to get in there, sit in the seat, and speak when I'm supposed to speak. <laughs> you know, like that. That's pretty much it. But like I care about the show. I want it to be good, and I could tell things were not set up, and so. So I start talking to this BTL, BTS Brazil producer. I'm I'm telling the Aorus guys like, hey, we need this. Hey, we need this. And then and then it kind of dawns on me. Uh, sorry, I'm terrible at telling this story right now. It's it's been kind of a long day. Um, it dawns on me the guys that I'm talking to in the office. This is how I should have said this story. The guys I'm talking to in the office. I'm like, I'm talking to them and I'm like, hey, do you know like what what we need to do here? And they're saying you need to talk to BTS. Initially, I did not know I was working with BTS Brazil. <laughs> I thought they were talking about Beyond the Summit. I was just like, what? I was like, okay. okay. Um, and th then I joined the BTS Brazil Discord. I figure out kind of what's going on here. And then I go back to those guys and I was like, hey, who do you guys work for? And they say, hey, oh, Oris, no. oh, we're the guys no. in the office. And, oh, and I was like, no. oh, I've been asking you guys to do production things there's I, i'm sorry like this isn't your responsibility is it and they're like no and and you know one of the guys is being really nice and was trying to help out um and so i was just like oh all right i'm sorry this isn't your guys responsibility at all let me go talk to this other guy and uh yeah they nobody oh. sent us with a production person they he just sent talent talent to a an office to do the group stage and there was no production person. Nobody um, from Impulse was there, or or Four D. I don't know how many people from Impulse are actually here. I think it's only like four. Uh, but I was told by Impulse that there were supposed to be two people with us, and there was no people with us. Um, and those two people are probably I talked having to BTS a shit Brazil. Day. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, hey you guys need to send somebody here. Like you have to actually have a production person here. Like this isn't set up. And even if it was set up, what if we encounter problems? <laughs> like I'm, I, I don't know how to do, like I will, I'm fine with doing this, but I don't know how to do this. Um, so, <laughs> you know, the, the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> Austin didn't tell me this beforehand. I, I'm, I'm literally, literally my mind is, is melting right now. How, how did the group yeah. stage even happen? <laughs> uh, well, um, so initially we couldn't get a, uh, what is it, like open desk? Is that the sharing? Anyway, one of those like sharing uh, your PC yeah, folders like uh, programs. Or Sorry. Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, initially we couldn't get the program to work. Probably because, to be honest, I think the Aorus guy was trying to do it. And I'm not sure if he totally understood what to do. So then when I took over the PC, like I was able to get the guy onto any desk and he was able to like start doing some production stuff. Uh, and yeah, but I was doing like the Discord call during that time and like showing the monitor and telling him what our setup was. 
and uh, and also over and over again saying you need to send somebody here. Um, oh my god! <laughs> and the, the meantime, the, the funny part is the meantime uh, we're we're in this WhatsApp group um, with the panel who are in the hotel and uh, the Epoles production guys. Um, again, I only think there's like four actual Epoles uh, guys here. Everybody else is like a contractor or 4D or um, or in that case, BTS Brazil. Uh, so they are talking about like, <laughs> this is like a half an hour before the show is supposed to go live. Oh, and I'm like, hey, oh, oh no, 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 are no. you guys still planning on having a check-in with the commentators before the game? Oh, no. And they're like, uh, yeah. And I, I look at our, at our desk, which we're just now setting the laptops up on. And I, I'm like, uh, about that. You should cancel that. <laughs> and then about a minute later, I'm like, and you should also plan that we're probably not going to be casting game one at all. <laughs> Just, just to try and like, kind of be like, hey, I'm not trying to be over dramatic, but like, we're literally, it's not, it's not good here, guys. And you should plan on us. You should have a backup plan. I was trying to. I thought maybe they would just like cast, quote unquote, cast the games from like their panel or something like that, because they have this like hub stream. Uh, but which wasn't working. Yeah, that 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 had its own problems that they're trying to put out fires for. Uh, so, yeah. I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> I don't need to, I, I, I have so many questions that I should have written some of them down. Holy shit. Um, can you clarify what the difference between E-Pulse and 4D is here? I've seen them kind uh, of, like, thrown around interchangeably. E-Pulse, yeah, E-Pulse is, okay, so 4D was awarded the major. Um, they are a South American, uh, organization. Mm -hmm. uh, they were the ones who were who did the SADPC last year, mm -hmm. um, and Epols is a partner of theirs who is a European company um, that it does have like kind of an office in Southeast Asia, and they work with um, or the office that we work out of. I believe is called EBN Esports Business Network. Network or something, something like that, mm -hmm. uh, in Malaysia, and so they are partnered with EBN, uh, and that's the offices that we do the um, the SEA DPC broadcast. Got out. it. So was 4D subcontracting ePulse to run just the English broadcast? Yes, I think that relationship is a little bit closer than just that. Uh, because we're actually here in Peru, uh, so I think I think basically 4D was was like, hey, we're kind of a small organization. Would you like to be partner up and do this together, sort of thing, in some capacity? Uh, so I don't think it's strictly like a subcontracting English thing, uh, but it's it's hard for me to tell exactly. I understand, and I I don't want to be here to speculate. So um, sure. Is ePulse also doing like the Spanish stream? And then sub question, is the Spanish stream having similar issues? No, um, I believe ePulse is 
only uh, in charge of, quote-unquote, the English broadcast um, okay. and not any of the other languages. Because that's what it looks broadcast, like on Twitch, like, like when you go to view the channel pages. Yeah. Because they're going to, you're going to ePulse's channel, which I imagine is part of like their whole arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spanish broadcast is not having nearly as many issues. Uh, my understanding of that is, is that um, we, the English broadcast, is not getting the same kind of treatment, I guess, as the Spanish broadcast. Well, that. Um, that that makes sense a little bit, right? Yes. Because doesn't at other majors that are primarily like in English speaking countries, like it's kind of the opposite, right? Where the yeah, the, the, yeah, the home sure. language gets more uh, probably treatment. Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, I uh, there are certain things that you would probably expect to happen. Um, for example, I'm going to use some some production language here, so you can probably help me guide this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but today there was a problem with uh, the audio cable that was basically in charge of the entire English broadcast. Uh, like the physical XLR? Yeah, the, the, the front of show, they, they lay down the, all the, the wiring and everything mm-hmm. to set up these broadcasts, right? Mm-hmm. My understanding is, this, is that they only laid down one wire for this. Okay. <laughs> and my understanding is, is that is not a good idea because broadcasts are supposed to have back on backup on backup on backup. Yeah. When so, I mean, without listening to me soapbox about live broadcasting, um, redundancy is really important uh, because if your audio drops uh, because uh, somebody stepped on your cable or a bird ate your mixer or something, like you just need to be able to get it back up pretty expeditiously so one cable is silly um one untested cable is silly if you have any of that cable it's like crossing power you're gonna have issues there's a lot of like potential points of failure isn't um isn't is jj at the major uh yes is he He melting does does he want to like jump off a bridge um as far as my understanding is that he is not in in charge of uh, I think he is relatively hands off here. Uh, he is in charge of the observers, and I believe he is like a consultant here. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to, to be clear, like I like I, I don't want to say that like like nothing is his fault. But I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I am assuming that like if I was in his position as somebody who knows a little bit more about this stuff, runs broadcast, and is there and watching stuff on fire, I would either like I I would either want to be running around and fixing everything, which is a problem, or just completely shutting down, which is also. A, a problem. I, my assumption is that he's probably not having a fun time because he's well aware of some of this stuff <laughs> more so than other people who are visiting. Uh, no, that that person is uh, Richie um, Seek and Strike, who uh-huh. um, he he is the person who is. God, I feel so bad for him. Uh, he has been trying to put out fires um, that nonstop, and I don't believe any of them are. Or, or most of them are, are his fault at all. Um, so that person is is Seek and Strike, who has had to give up his position as talent in this uh, in this entire affair to try and fix the show. So 
every single time I've seen him, he is he looks sleep deprived and extremely stressed. And this was supposed to be a chance for him to cast, you know, playoffs a major. Uh, yeah. But instead, he's he's doing this. So, uh, I mean, shout out to that guy. He, uh, you know, he is working incredibly hard to try and and get this over the finish line in some kind of uh, some kind of affair. But I'll make sure yeah. to give him a hug. Uh, but like, holy shit. Um, so. So. OK. So the group stage had a lot of delays because just stuff wasn't set up and also there weren't people on site and also some of the talent were trying to fix problems. Um, yeah. Which explains our, uh, a little bit of that. I think, I think about 20 minutes in to the broadcast is, is when we finally got our setup ready to go. Uh, excuse me, 20 minutes into game one, uh, they started the broadcast without us, which was uh, another problem, right? Uh, English production wasn't ready. They started the games anyway. Uh, so we didn't have a stream until 20 minutes into the game. And it wasn't a working stream when we started it because the audio was all fucked. Also, our headsets had uh, like a half a second uh, delay uh, on our own voices. So that made casting extremely hard. Impossible. Uh, so I, I, you... <laughs> I don't even know how you did that without you had to take your headphones off probably, right? Because like, has, uh, has anybody I mean, ever I... used a voice jammer? I, d- d- if, if anybody is curious what it's like to try and speak with while listening to yourself with a, a with a very small delay, I would encourage you to like go to a website that allow like a voice jammer website or any program <laughs> that, that could do that for you on your phone and just try and speak or watch videos of people trying to do it. It's hilarious. It, it, it ruins your brain yeah yeah no it really does so if you notice any mistakes uh during the group stage which you probably couldn't even hear us to begin with but if you notice any weird casting that would be why um i had one ear off on my headset all the time um be because of that we ended up fixing the problem i think the next day by cutting the audio entirely uh inside our headsets because there was no we couldn't figure out how to fix that solution uh so that was our solution. So we had no audio in our ears, uh, which means we couldn't hear each other really. And uh, we had no game sounds whatsoever. Um, but that was still better than being speech jammed. So yeah. Dude. Uh, <laughs> so day two ends with, uh, well, my day two ended with me leaving right as uh, we were trying to fix something and the power just went out in the office. Uh, I left while the power was still out because I was like, well, my job is done. <laughs> and I can't help you guys anyway. I'm not an electrician, I, I would always tell. Yeah, I, I always kept telling the, the you know, the E-Pulse guys and especially Richie and, and Avo, like, hey, if you guys need anything from me, just let me know. Unfortunately, I'm not well-versed in production, so I can't actually, like, help fix these things. But, I, you know, if you need me to do something, I'll do it. And uh, and so I left, but um, the internet and electricity were both a problem um, in that office. And I think they finally figured out uh, a setup that they can have in the hotel. So that's why day three and four and five of the group stage went. I, I believe we had very little problems on the actual casting streams because we moved out of the offices um, and into the hotel, which required you know, some some people to stay up all night to be able to make happen. That's right? not easy. They had to move yeah. the production setup. Because you had three streams in a hotel room. Four streams, right? That's we had four two setups? streams. Okay, only two, two. Two remote and two two in house. So, 
Yeah. Uh, so that was that. Um, we've had similar issues with the arena broadcast, uh, but similarly, day one and two were by far the worst, and day three, four, and five will hopefully go a bit better. Um, but why? Yeah, it's not why been was, a super fun event. Why was the day one broadcast seventeen hours? <laughs> <laughs> just, just for anybody who doesn't know because like i dude I've, I've i've been doing a lot of stuff recently i i was not watching i i do not understand what happened aside from people memeing about like delay screens so like is, is there like a like a tldr of why it took so long was there like one major problem was there uh there was things? a lot of audio issues for the players in the booths um, cause I was on the opening series. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the players saying something like in, in chat, it's like, we can't start the game cause we can't hear ourselves expecting us to play without audio is a joke or something like that. Um, so I do know there was audio issues for them, uh, there and being able to hear each other and uh-huh. stuff. Uh, English broadcast was, was still having, um, some some various issues as well, but I don't think that ever delayed the broadcast. Um, everything that's delayed the broadcast since we've been in the arena is, I believe, anyway, um, all on the the setup inside of the booths and stuff like that. Um, okay. Whether it's like some lag issues or some audio issues or a cable uh, <laughs> falling and, and needing to be taped back up. Anybody, anybody who's listened to me talk about production on the show for <laughs> years at this point uh, has probably heard me say time and time again that like the most important thing to get right is audio because it's the hardest thing to get right. And and yeah. you know you you hear it here for the players, you hear it here for the casters, you hear it for the for the stream, for the setup in the arena, you hear the echo. Like all of these are different audio problems, and they're all audio problems. It is probably it it, it is the easiest thing to fuck up. And it is the most noticeable thing when it is bad. If your camera shots aren't great, if you're a little bit out of focus, if you switch to the wrong graphic, if you, you know, flub up as as somebody who's on camera, all of that will be forgiven and like forgot about unless it's really bad, like pretty instantaneously. If people can't listen to something right, it, they will notice, they will harp on it, and it will follow you, and it is hard to fix. Um, we still, a decade later, talk about the NASL sound guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. that. that's kind of an example of, of, of what the problem could be. And, um, you know... We're having NASL sound guy-ish issues with, with the Lima Major, from what I've noticed. Um, so... That's that's rough. That is that is also not a line to cheap out on. Like if you're a production, I'm gonna the, the audio person makes a lot of money for a reason, right? Um, yeah. And I don't even want to speculate, but you know maybe there's not a professional audio person who's doing the in studio broadcast or setting up the booth or stuff like that. And if you are just like a layman who is trying to learn or someone who has like good tech experience and thinks you can do it, you will fuck something up. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, like in the middle of this event, I was just like, you know what? 
I'm going to learn more about audio production. <laughs> and so I was like, I was going to ask you to like, I was going to ask you to give me a, a little one-on-one uh, because honestly the, the, you know, I, I think it would help a lot if I just knew some of these things because, you know, sometimes productions can still be um, a bit, a bit amateur in this regard. The, uh, to combo off real quickly, you said uh, 17 hour stream. It was a 17 hour stream. I saw this on Reddit. It's a 17 hour stream. He added up all the gameplay time and it only comes down to five hours and 56 minutes. <laughs> so there's 11 hours of not Dota going on. You know and obviously my- <laughs> a couple of those hours are like, you know, worth, you know, they're, they're panel time. They're, they're in between, you know, game Draft, break time yeah. and stuff like that. Th- those are all fine. But uh, obviously a significant chunk is delays my favorite reddit post that i saw yesterday was the person <laughs> who took a photo of the screen and calculated the size of it <laughs> like they did the math level <laughs> shit to be like oh actually i believe the screen is all it's it's like looking at a 28 inch screen from like 20 feet away and stuff like that so it it uh i've also seen a lot of complaint posts about just you know being in the venue because of uh, heat or toilets or not having food or not being allowed re-entry um i've seen people joking about the crowd leaving um the one thing that i'm pretty sensitive to and have actually been doing some moderating for on reddit are people who are just um blaming the region for bad production um and i think that that is just bordering on racism if not just outright racism um because like they they have raves in that venue like people like bad bunny goes and plays in lima like they they can do a show there's been dota events in the past in peru in south america uh, uh riot just did their their vct stuff which is still going on in in brazil like it is not like a yeah this is what we get we're cheaping out because we're going to lima or malaysia or what have you that that's really like the, the the regionality is not a part of the problem if you have this same crew with the same money do stuff in california guess what it would be even worse because the money's not going to go as far <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah what was i gonna say the oh yeah um, sorry the the uh, to also to combo off of what you said about audio that's what it was the mm-hmm. audio you said that uh, you're gonna notice well there is some audio stuff that you won't notice mm-hmm. um, which is the <laughs> again the stuff that's going on in the headsets of the pastors <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to, like that game the day one uh, of the arena uh, we did the opening cast and uh, so like the audio like the microphone audio is bad but our headset audio. Uh, was also a problem. Avery and I couldn't hear each other for our cast. Oh, um, in the arena really char- with like the crowd going around you? Yeah, yeah, because there there was a crowd um, and they were pretty loud, but also our our voices were not going into our headsets. Um, so I think we were getting game sound, um, but we weren't getting our, I wasn't getting my own voice or Avery's voice and, and vice versa. So it made it hard for us to hear each other. Um, which if you'll, if you go back through and listen to that cast, uh, you could probably notice we, we have probably talked past each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, it probably was less conversational because sometimes we just literally didn't hear, uh, what the other said. There's a very often times where, uh, it's, it seems to be very hard to get the audio in our ears. Correct. Um, 
so that that's just been a general issue whether th some things are some things are too loud or some things are are too quiet um that's that's also just been another part of the the whole audio problem but um this the been, important thing yeah i was gonna say that this has been like probably close to a half hour of relative negativity and criticism so i mm -hmm. I, I want to take a moment and just say that i really like the graphics the graphics package yeah yeah i was actually heading to a positive direction too i think mm -hmm. the the graphics package was really cool um i i they, they did fuck up initially with the the graphics for the english stream um it was it's something about some um, the graphics and the bit rate they couldn't basically do the the graphics that they wanted to and had to basically make a switch it's a rookie um, mistake yeah yeah and and you know that's something that they relatively quickly and were able to fix um and i think the biggest the biggest takeaway for me um, about this is that we have had problems, um, but there are at least certain people who really seem to, to care about the broadcast and are working super hard, and we are fixing it. Um, just like the group stage, day one, really bad. Day two, still having problems. Day three, four, and five, I think we're relatively problem-free of the group stage. So by the um, time I get there, maybe there'll be air conditioning. Is that? No, no, that part will not. <laughs> You're <laughs> still gonna be hot. Uh, but uh, I do, I do think that today went uh, relatively smooth. And so I, I don't know. And so we, we've had a lot of problems, but I don't ne necessarily know where the responsibility lies. Um, and that's that is always the part that uh, I get the most upset about um so i i got i get pretty angry um sometimes with production um if i feel like somebody has a responsibility for something and they don't do their what they're supposed to do um so you know like i've gotten i i like i never get like i guess angry but i do sometimes get a little bit like strict i guess and being like hey like i did with the the whole like hey you guys need to send a, a production guy here like that's that's mm -hmm. important um, and I do feel, I don't know where the responsibility lies in most of this and all the problems that we're talking about, but it does seem like there are a lot of people who care about it. Uh, and it, I, I do know that both organizers in this regard are pretty inexperienced, um, but they it's are hard. very passionate. What they're doing yeah, is it, very difficult. Like that should be clear. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and I think, you know, you could have taken an easier route and done like a, a, a major without an audience, for example. Um, you, you could have done one of those that is just made for a broadcast only or something like that. Um, so I do think that this is a major that is probably um, hurt by inexperience and lack of preparation. Um, but is probably going to be carried by the end of it. I mean, I'm really crossing my fingers here, uh, but I think I hope it's like the group stage and that it's going to be carried to an acceptable point by the end uh, by largely passion and <laughs> extremely long hours for production people. Honestly, every single production person I see, because some of them have like, no, this is not their fault. Uh, and they're just trying to put out fires that were not, 
that they did not start. Uh, so I feel really bad for a lot of production people. There's one audio guy that uh, I, I see all the time whose voice is like completely shot. Um, I, I was involved in a brief conversation with him where he was doing some, some problem solving for the group stages. Um, and, you know, he was the one who was who said like, oh, we can run, it's easy, it's fine, we can run a line from the second floor to the third floor of the hotel because it's directly above the player rooms. So we can't actually get good internet for the broadcast. Like he, he seemed like he was, you know, fixing that problem, which probably was never his responsibility to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel really bad for a lot of the, the, the people I see running around um, and trying to fix shit. It's and the best I am way to optimistic learn. Optimistic that we're going to get there. It's it's really the best way to learn for people too. Like um, that that that's how these things get better. When when people make mistakes and grow yeah. from them, I know that's like a like basic. You know, I don't want to sound like dad, but um, there, there's going to be so much that that epulse four D the people on the ground, everybody else take away from this to only make future events better. Does it suck that there's like a a problem with the current one yeah is is it embarrassing and hard to deal with absolutely but like um if, if we zoom oh, and, out and just to be clear know. this whole entire thing is unacceptable like just oh like i just they're like somebody, <laughs> somebody fucked up big i i just don't know who that is so i can't put them on blast there are a lot of people who aren't responsible and that's why i'm trying to sympathize but yeah yeah there exactly is somebody there's somebody out there i just don't know who that motherfucker is you know but there's somebody out there that this shit is unacceptable is it but to everybody to else just... this is like crazy hard and uh i feel for them that's what i'm talking about is it easy to just say that it's val's fault <laughs> whoa whoa hold the hold i did i say motherfucker uh no the, the i don't think the buck stops with valve i, I don't know what you mean joey copy um i i think it's easy uh, no, to run it? up the chain uh to the to the top and and put some kind of liability on there but it's obviously not a, a one person thing my my thought what, what i can't help but think about is that um okay i have no fucking idea how any of this works, but if I were the people who was RFPing, uh, re requesting proposals um, from companies to run one of my events, I would hope that the amount of questions um, and 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 checking that is happening of what's going to be, be done for the people who are representing my, my brand and stuff uh, is is more thorough because I suspect that that some of this could have been sussed out in in that process. And, you know, I'm sure there was business sure. decisions made about, um, you know, cost, cost benefit, what's important, what's not important. But I, I, I think that, again, not knowing a lot, there's there's a lot of responsibility that that re, that goes to the people who approved this happening um yeah uh the vetting process is pretty important there uh, i do know that there are definitely uh people who just lie about what they have or their mm -hmm. credentials or i've done their that resume when i've done that to, to people <laughs> i shouldn't say that like like most Wait, production companies people? do that right like they uh, go they go yes we can do it and then figure it out later and the really mm. good ones actually 
can do it or they know how to figure it out or they spe- they get enough money so they can pay the right people to figure it out and then sometimes you see the productions companies that that that, that fumble on stuff like this are the ones who overcommit and don't have those solves to figure out what they committed to i would say that most production companies overcommit to a little bit of stuff because they want their business they want the business right like if, if someone's going to be like hey can you give me a back rub i'll be like of course i can maybe I don't know how to give a good massage. Maybe I can hire someone else to give a massage, but like I'm I'm not know. going to lose the contract because I say that I can't give a back rub. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's is the responsibility ultimately valves. Uh I mean my my takeaway, my okay, my personal philosophy is yes. I think that when uh this is probably just like the my experience with the military speaking, but like the you are responsible for your chain of command, right? Uh, so, you know, if you contract something out to somebody, it is still your responsibility to contract out the, the right people. Um, I do think there's probably at least some responsibility for Valve because I think my my general understanding is I do think that Valve uh, wanted to be able to have an SA major. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes sense for multiple reasons, right? SA is one of the few growing fan bases, I would say, for Dota. Um, it's been an overlooked region for quite some time. So, you know, there's multiple reasons to do it. Um, but, you know, if you're gonna do it, make sure it, it, it it's done right, or at least make sure somebody else is, is gonna do it right. Um, so that's my philosophy. I, I think that if you are in charge of something uh, and you are in charge of someone and that person fucks up, uh, it, I think you do hold at least some responsibility for their fuck up. Yep. I agree. Mm, I agree. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the actual event, but like not the actual event, like, like the results and how stuff's going. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, the games have been uh, a major save for honestly, like, like Dota is really good at that. Um, I think that, so many times and it's actually in in some ways it kind of sucks um i have been a part of great productions and and broadcasts that have not been ruined by the games but definitely were not nearly as good because the wrong team got knocked out early or because the finals was really shit Mm -hmm. or something like that and i've been a part of some really bad productions that were bailed out by good games you know that everybody will just kind of like forget what <laughs> what the production was like or the experience was like because the game's really good, um, and so that is Dota's both. I, I feel like it's both a saving grace and kind of a, a shit um, situation because it does just kind of cover up things. But mm-hmm. the games have been really really good. Um, I think the group stage was super exciting. It was super competitive except for Knights. Uh, the the playoffs so far have been pretty interesting. I mean the first series we casted was Aster Gaming Gladiators. That was kind of shit. Um, but I think at least two of the other series that day were pretty entertaining and then uh, the series we just got done watching EG Beast Coast for anybody who wants a timeline of when we're recording this. That series was fun, but it was kind of one-sided. The previous one before that, Astro versus Tundra, I think was pretty exciting. At least the mm-hmm. game three was for sure. Um, so, so far, the I think the games have been quite good. Yeah. 
what what are some overarching narratives uh for you coming out of the group stage for me uh i'll, I'll toss one out there i didn't fully expect china to perform so poorly uh, I think that I might have called on the last episode that I that I wasn't sure how Knights was going to perform at all and like kind of put them in a the bottom three, but I didn't expect E Home to also go three and thirteen. Uh, LGD, you know, started in the lower bracket. Um, Aster's the only team from China that like you know <laughs> had an upper bracket berth. It, it feels mm-hmm. like um, th- that was an interesting uh, you know re- regionality situation for me. What, what what's your take on 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 Chinese Dota post this group stage now? Um, not great. I mean, I was fairly certain that I, I was actually almost the opposite there. I, I was pretty certain that E-Home was going to be bad, uh, and I wasn't certain on Knights. Um, I mean, Knights is pretty much just whether or not you believe they're cheaters or not, right? <laughs> like, if you think they're cheaters, then obviously you think they're going to probably be shit. So, uh, but if they're not, then eh, it's a little bit more up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I... Uh, I mean, LGD, you can never, like, totally naysay. And who knows? Like, we still have a lower bracket that is open. Um, I definitely thought Aster would do the best out of the Chinese teams. And I only had them in my top four prediction, which, uh, I mean, they just knocked out Tundra, who I was also in my top four prediction. So my predictions have been pretty shit this major. (laughs) Tundra uh, is the team that didn't follow along with the rest with the rest of Western Europe, right? Because Group A, Gaming yep. Gladiators, first place. Group B, Team Liquid, first place, second place, Entity. Uh, so, so Tundra was the was the uh, little brother who wasn't really carrying the ball forward for Western Europe Dota right now. And it's a trend that I think you know we've continued to see and talk about through TI at this point is is just kind of a regional domination there. And if we're just looking at the brackets, um, the four upper bracket teams left, three of them are Western Europe teams. Yeah, it does kind of look like we're going to have a matchup in the upper bracket finals of Gaming Gladiators versus uh, Liquid, uh, given their dominant no, performances no, 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 no. so far in the playoffs. Entity versus Liquid. Okay, you think it's going to be Entity? Yeah, uh, um, 100%. You know, I, I don't really have a sh- strong opinion one way or the other, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, Western Europe is pretty dominant, uh, and I still think Tundra is a strong thing, a strong team. Uh, and I think if they had made it past Aster, I think there's a decent chance they might have made a, a pretty decent lower bracket run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think Aster can do that as well. Basically, whatever team came out of that matchup, I think is has a pretty decent chance of making a lower bracket run at least that's my what my copium for my predictions is anyway um you were you were you weren't um expecting much out of talon were you so having them uh seated in the upper bracket was a little bit of a surprise especially considering they're the only c team that wasn't eliminated in the groups yes uh so at least i was right about the c teams uh not doing so hot mm-hmm. at the major two of them did get eliminated um, when I say these things, by the way, it is not like I'm not relishing that fact. It's just that was my honest analysis of the team strengths. And, yeah, I think you had a good uh, breakdown. Talon, like, you watch them play all season. Yeah, and I think um, I think Talon doing the best. It wasn't a surprise for Winter. Winter was like, yeah, I think Talon's Talon's the C team that that will go through, and he was right about that. Um, and I think a large part of it is they're just really fucking good individually speaking. Um, that I think maybe as a team uh, and strategy drafting wise, um, that sort of stuff, I think maybe they don't match up to the Western European teams. 
Uh, they aren't on that level, but like individually, I think they're super, super fucking skilled. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Geeks Light also they did get eliminated off of a tiebreaker, uh, but yeah, I don't think they would have made it that far. Uh, we'll see how Talon does in the lower bracket. They had a matchup against Team Liquid. That's pretty rough, but uh, you know you gotta you gotta beat the best if you want to win. So. We'll see how they do in the lower bracket. My, I am not super optimistic about uh, their chances there, though. I, so. I think they can probably take Hellraisers, but I expect them to not make it past the, the Spirit LGD winner. Yeah, I would, I would probably agree with that. I think that they can make it another round, um, but I think their chances diminish significantly in that following matchup. For sure. Um, something that I think a lot of people were talking about was the expectations of BetBoom being much higher than um, a 6-10 and 10 eighth place finishing Group B, only beating mm-hmm. out Knights, who, you know, were uh, quasi the joke of the event. So w- w- what's your take on what's your take on BetBoom coming to LAN and, like, not performing? We, we joked about it, right? And like, ah, oh, they're going to lose one game and do like the mental boom. But that's, you know, more of a more of a line that everybody was kind of, you know, pushing ton in, tongue in cheek. I don't think that's actually what happened, but they they did get eliminated and people had much higher expectations than that, I think, across the board. Yeah, they're a team that um, I, I think they have probably one of the highest ceilings to floor gap. Um, Mm. I think they're a team that individually you look at them and they they can be a team that could be in the grand finals uh, or they could get eliminated right away. I am not going to read too much into it, though. Um, uh, I I very briefly was like, maybe I put BetBoom in my top four and then I was like, nope, I'll do that next major. That was my thought. I was like, I'll do that next major if they prove it this major. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they have to prove to me that they can actually do it on land um, and and, you know, not just do it online sort of thing. But um, so I didn't I didn't have them in my my top four and I figured they would probably uh, bomb out and they did. But I'm not really going to gloat about it because they were sick. So while being sick is not a total excuse um, there have been plenty of teams and players who have been sick and still done very well at events, uh, straight out, flat out fucking won them. Uh, Snaking got COVID at TI-11 during the mm-hmm. break time. Um, there was uh, that infamous, if you remember S4 being all feverish way back in like 2014 or something like mm-hmm. that. And I think Alliance did win that land. Um, so it, it is not a total excuse, but it is somewhat of an excuse, right? We just don't know what they would look like if they were healthy. Um, I, I think it probably does say at least something about them, right? You could definitely say that they either can't push through that very well or that they just weren't ready for uh, international Dota. Um, either way, it is what it is. They got eliminated. Bulls. You know, we're like very, very, very likely to see them next major. Uh, down, I don't think I think because they were sick, they're probably not going to make any roster changes. So we'll likely see them dominate the DPC once again next season and be at the next major. And they'll have a second go of it. And Even in a lot of those losses, fail that one, then that's probably how they 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 uh, disband. 
Yeah, even a lot of those losses, uh, Pure had some of the best stats. <laughs> <laughs> like the entirety of the group stage, uh, which I think yeah, still speaks Cure's volumes really about good. their individual play, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, last team, I, I lied, actually. I want to talk about North America a little bit. Oh, I made a mistake. EG's not North America anymore. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean Shopify Rebellion? No, actually, I don't want to talk about them. I, I want I want to talk okay. about TSM, who was who was eliminated. Um, but like, put up some some pretty good fights. I mean, they they took a game off Gaming. Um, they took two games off of LGD. Um, they they didn't flop. They came you know out of the region in first place. And uh, sh- should we still be hopeful of them having like a good deep year long run? And this is like a team who's having like first time together at a major jitters. Uh, yeah, somewhat. I mean, the again, I think it's similar to the six situation. You have two players who have never been on land before. Um, that is not a complete excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of players who royal roaded their way to TI um, at this point. Uh, I think two of them just did it this last TI. Uh, there is, of course, Topson and Anna who did it for TI eight, uh, like many of Team Spirit. Um, so there, there are players who could do that. It's it's not it's it's not a total excuse, but they do have two players who've never been on land, so you can give them some excuse there. Uh, and then also just in general the scores, right? Uh, like we said, besides Knights uh, and maybe E Home, there was no team that come you know just completely shit the bed. Uh, mm-hmm. TSM got eliminated with a score of six and ten. Same goes with Execration. Same goes with Bent Boom. Geek Slate got eliminated off of a tiebreaker uh, with a score of seven and nine. Right. So these are teams that did put up wins, uh, just not enough of them. They took games off of other teams. They went one one again, you know, against a multitude of teams. If this was a best of three group stage, you know, maybe maybe that looks different. Maybe they're just maybe they're a team that would have been able to close out a a game three in a one one scenario. And then that's just a straight up W instead Mm -hmm. of a tie. Right. So, uh yeah, not too much to read into it. There's still, I mean, no matter what, like, you read into it all you want, but, like, ultimately, they're still going to be the second best NA team. Sim- similar to Bed Boom, we're still going to see them at next major, most likely. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, you're in it for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. F- final team, I was, okay, I was a little bit worried going into this year of international competition that the success we saw from South America would not fully be carried over past TI. Um, and I think EG is proving that little, little nagging hypothesis I have in my head wrong and that they are here to stay and that they are serious and that they can take games in group stage, that they can win games on stage and could, you know, really pan out to have a remarkably successful year. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, going back to TI8, Beast Coast or, or Infamous, I guess, at that time, um, you know, they they showed that at the biggest tournament, they could, you know, take it to some of the best teams in the world. And I think my only pessimism about South America um, a- after that was the depth of the region, uh, similar to NA. Uh, how deep is the region? Uh, and then for Bisco specifically, like, honestly, I felt like at some point in time, uh, I think after probably TI9, I was like, okay, 
kind of feels like that you know you if you really want to win if you want to win ti you probably need to to shake things up and i was super happy after ti 11 that because and whisper are going to be on the same team together because i think because whisper and matthew those are the three best players coming out of south america right now they are um let's see whisper top three offlaner in the world because top let's say like top six i don't know i guess i would have to like look at his performance a little bit more closely but at one point in time mm-hmm. i mean you know me i was preaching this guy's name i i thought he was super fucking good as a carry um and i definitely think he's like in the top 10 of carries let's say uh matthew i'd go 10. farther than that yeah uh, I'd, I'd say picasso still might be <laughs> I'd, I'd yeah, easily I say mean, top five who, who, who's better yeah. pure monet um yeah <laughs> you, want to, you want to say anybody from your own team there or no oh, oh, okay i wasn't trying to do that <laughs> who, who do i actually think is better i think mickey's better i think i think monet's better and i think yutaro might be better that's yeah, it y- yutaro i would definitely put up there uh, i think rtc makes a pretty decent argument for himself um especially given his performance on stage uh mm-hmm. recently uh matthew i think also in top 10 uh internationally uh support so like they're just those three players alone uh best players coming out of south america all on one team you know i this is this i think th- this sort of shakeup is kind of what you need if you want to be able to win ti all-star teams do not actually have a pretty you know like bad history of in in dota um those are not the teams that typically win ti um maybe they'll they'll win some majors right a la like secret if you remember the superstar secret right mm-hmm. they they dumpstered the shit out of the entire year until it came to ti um but i do think that it's still the right idea right you can't you can't just be like oh you can't do an all-star team and intentionally not put the best players together um you know that that that's silly so yeah i i totally have faith i think that when this eg roster was put together for me it was like oh this is south america's run at ti um i was pretty confident that they were going to beat beast coast in today's match they did uh and i'm very confident that they are the best team to take on of the two teams in South America, I'm very confident EG is the best one to play internationally um, and have a chance. And their na- next matchup is Aster, which is super difficult. So, you know, this may all fall flat uh, tomorrow or the next day when we see that mm-hmm. matchup. Uh, I think it's tomorrow. Um, and it's it's uh, two days from now. But... It's, it's two days from now. Oh, OK. March 3rd. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess it's only three series a day from now on. Mm hmm. Okay, so I uh, we've been talking for about an hour, mostly about the major. Feels fit. Podcast is going to go up pretty quickly. That's what people want to talk about. There's mm-hmm. so much other stuff that happened that also like probably genuinely has its own hour of conversation that could be attached to it relatively easily. Uh, the big one I'm thinking about is the BTS news. Um, what do what wait, do we want to do? Before we get to the BTS news, can we talk about nights real quick? Yeah, oh, let's talk about Knights. Uh, Austin, why do we need to talk about Knights? Again, well, uh, nobody is having problems with the DP. I don't I don't know what you're doing with this all. There might be uh, cheating stuff. I'm going to keep towing that line, buddy. <laughs> I, I, I am, I'm not going to fall to this opinion until I have to be proved otherwise. Okay, well, uh, I, so all I really have to say about this is, um, 
So I, I am fine with, you know, like, uh, if there isn't really conviction from Valve, especially since we talked about it before, Valve seems to act pretty quickly on this sort of thing. I'm just going to operate under the assumption that they are not cheaters. Uh, but I will just say that I have heard a lot of rumor mongering. Nothing that's like, oh, yeah, I know they're cheating or anything like that. But everybody is suspicious. Um and you don't for want that better or for worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. For better or for worse, whether they did it or not, that reputation uh, is pretty rough. Um, and, you know, there's uh, there's definitely people who have some strong opinions uh, that they are cheaters. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's definitely some other opinions that these things are possible. Um, there was the Valve banning cheaters ban, which... Um, you know, I think some does give some credence to the fact that they are not uh, cheaters, but there's also just as easily that in there. Like, I have no inside information, just to be clear. Mm -hmm. So I've crafted this little the little fucking story in my head. But the, if this could clear them, but I could also see a world where Valve get, hears about this accusation. Knights are cheating. They look into it. Right, because it's gone public. Of course, if you are a cheater, you're you're gonna stop cheating, surely, right? Because otherwise, you're gonna presumably. get caught. Presumably, yeah, presumably. If you're not totally stupid, uh, Valve does some research and looks into this sort of thing. Maybe they find this whole honeypot exploitation thing that they ended up using to banning a bunch of people. But by that point in time, you know, the people they're originally looking into had already stopped really right. badass and by so the way to just do a honeypot like like really that, oh yeah <laughs> like, really yeah. really badass and i i could like read in that blog post that there was like a little bit of bragging happening at least that's the subtext that i put in there it's like hey guys so we devised a honeypot like it's some kind of fucking james bond movie right <laughs> uh which, which yeah, yeah, is yeah. so like i feel like i only ever hear that uh term used if i'm watching an episode of a tv show <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, there's like three three reasons for that blog, and that is one of them, right? One, Valve looks kind of badass there, right? You just honeypotted 40,000 people or whatever the fuck. Ah, that's pretty fucking cool. Mm -hmm. uh, two, uh, I think it helps the community. Um, it lets the community know, hey, we are paying attention to this. And mm -hmm. uh, especially in the world of Dota, where cheating can be... <laughs> it, it, there are some cheating that it's not, but there, Dota, uh, Dota cheating can be relatively hard to detect. And uh, I think there are absolutely people who are paranoid, who make false accusations. And, and this general like uh, this general idea that like cheating is everywhere. Some people fall into paranoia and they spread this idea even further. Right. Mm -hmm. And blow it out of proportion. I'm mm -hmm. not saying that there aren't a large amount of cheaters. I'm just saying like, if you fixate on that and hey, everybody's talking about it, you're, you're going to be jumping at ghosts all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think they, that it helps combat, um, that community sentiment. Uh, so it assures everybody and it helps, you know, like people maybe not feel like every game, you know, if somebody hits a six sun strike, you know, they, uh, when they don't have vision, like they don't immediately go, oh, that guy's cheating. Right. Uh, and the third reason was and I felt especially because of the title, cheaters will never be welcome in Dota. Uh, I felt that was a general uh, message of like. You know, esports teams, players. Hey, you know, we're we're still fucking watching you guys. 
So don't mm-hmm. be don't be trying some, some some shit because not just cheating, but match fixing as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's important that people you you as, as fucked up as this sounds, you gotta put some fear into people, you know. You gotta make sure you know they they got the fear of Valve in them uh, to to keep them from doing some, this sort of thing. Because honestly, I don't know how else to to stop cheating and and, and uh, potential match fixing. Uh, other than just the fear of being caught doing it, something used me to think about. Uh, you know, a voice of a voicing ghosts made me th- just kind of think introspectively for a second about how it's interesting to me that my personal experience is when I would play Counter Strike a lot, which I used to play like a fuck ton more. Uh, just global global elite, by the way. Um, I, oh, I, I, wow! I, <laughs> I, I I would think to myself, um, you know, on a somewhat frequent basis, like, are, are they are they wall hacking? I would mm-hmm. I would probably have that thought one out of every four or five games, right? My yeah. my are they cheating in Dota has happened on like a times that I can count on less than 10 probably um yeah so it it makes it feel like it is harder to detect people (laughs) oh yeah for sure plus there are other things that you can blame right uh in in dota you can you can blame your team Mm -hmm. instead instead of instead of like the the enemy is just you know outplaying the shit out of you and seems to know where every ward is and stuff you could said just blame your team for you know not doing yo can you fucking do wards yeah like can you fucking d ward they know where i am all the time you know that is the first thought you're gonna go to is this motherfucking five position isn't doing his fucking job god damn it uh and not the fact that the enemy is actually map hacking your ass every single time you move around so uh yeah i I agree with you i i very rarely think of of cheating um but once you start getting into that mindset you're gonna start thinking about it more and more and maybe the you know the opposite maybe that same person is always mm. thinking it's map hacking when, you know, instead they actually just have wards on your ass all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I don't think we've ever talked about this before. Do you think Overwolf was cheating? I don't know. I have a strong opinion on that, honestly. Um, like, I can see both sides. I think spamming heroes is acceptable, but kind of annoying. Um, but... I don't really I uh, like that shouldn't be illegal. Like yeah, you sh- people should be allowed to play a hero over and over again if they want to. Mm-hmm. I I probably don't think the most charitable of you. Um just just to be clear, I don't have a single hero in master tier. Uh, I don't think I have a single hero that I've played more than 700 times, I would say. No, but if I queued uh, up against you, I'm 100% going to ban techies. Sure, sure. Understandable. Understandable. My my techies did go from not never being picked to platinum relatively quickly. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, you Sa- same with slacks, right? Like, you know, I, th- 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 <laughs> there's heroes that I'm going to ban against people, but that's because I, I know signature heroes and I'm like, I don't want to deal with that shit. I think it's annoying. Yeah. Um, and if I know that somebody is predominantly only ever plays arc warden i'm gonna be like let's just add that to the bad list <laughs> yeah um to be clear i don't know what else overwolf really does for you that that is like i know about the banning hero 
asp like hero spammer aspect of it. Um, that's what I know it for. So I don't really know what else it does because um, I've never used the program and I've never really worried about it too much because I myself, um, I while I will spam probably a subset of heroes that I'm enjoying playing at a period of time, mm -hmm. um, I typically don't play the same hero more than like, let's say four games in a row or something like that. I do like to, to have some variety um, and I do cycle between probably about 10 to 20 heroes every like meta, let's say. So uh, I never, I've never like felt like I'm being sniped by bands or anything like that. I, I think um, it, it harms most of the people who really are. Um, this, this is a league term that I don't think we use much, but but one tricks that the people who just are your invoker, your pudge, your arc war, and your tech user, what have you, player. Um, like I I know when people have overwolf generally because i see more chaos night bands right um yeah, and, I, and, yeah. and, and i can make the assumption that you know that's generally not a hero that, that is getting targeted bands in in pick band stages but when they are i'm like hmm, someone probably has looked at my game history they know that i've played a lot more games on hero right yeah your, so, your hero is not super meta very correct often. Correct. Right. So yeah. it definitely stands out a little bit more. Like if you were a Pudge spammer or a Rubik spammer, you know, you mm -hmm. probably wouldn't give a second thought about that hero being banned. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I also don't have a lot of strong feelings about it. I suspect that it is net positive um, because I, if anything, I don't like the idea of somebody using tools outside the game to very quickly and efficiently like look up people's Dota buff profiles. Um, yeah, it it, it feels like it's, it's an extra layer of advantage, even if it's really small, that is benefited to the people who are like installing the software or using these services. So that that like I'm I'm kind I think it's a positive. Uh, I don't think it's the end of the world uh, because I can still go look at people's Dota buff if I want to and be like, okay. that motherfucker plays a lot of Slark. What do you think about ultra-wide monitors in Dota? Is there a difference? And if there is, I'm ignorant to it. There is. I've, I have actually seen it. So you can actually see more of what you would see regularly. So you, it's like having a kind of a zoom. I, I could be wrong, but like I, I don't have an ultra wide monitor. I've never I do. actually I'm maybe looking seen at one, one right in now. person. I'm looking at okay. one right now. <laughs> have you ever played Dota on it? You should try it. Like, I, I'm fairly certain I've seen. Like you could just see more. In fact, I think my Discord was talking about it. Shout out to the Discord. Join the Discord. I, I will load it up. This is my work computer that I podcast on. I actually don't have games on here because I try and be a good boy. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but l l let me load it up because I'm, I'm using an a, uh, a Dell ultra-wide monitor. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll and report then back. What do you think about... Uh, I, this one I actually did get from my Discord for sure. Was the, Somebody said that uh, they use like a... Um, a, a um, I don't know, zoom tool like uh they copy basically their mini map and put it up on their second uh monitor i was like oh that's pretty I, like i saw that and i was just like oh that's pretty clever yeah i then saw you just have a giant fucking like mini map next to you that you can kind of see out of the corner of your eye that's a lot you know easier i guess i saw a reddit post about this too and i thought to myself i would try doing that i don't think that there's the, the like 
how can you fault somebody for using their technology in a way to set it up? Like, it's not really cheating. You're just making the minimap more accessible. I can make an argument maybe it's too small for people and they're trying to, like, improve their gameplay experience. Does it help? Yes. So, um, here, let me throw one back at you. What do you think about somebody who puts a physical crosshair on their monitor? Like... You're playing <laughs> Counter-Strike, you're I opping, like and, and you have like a little piece of gum where your crosshair would be. So when the game doesn't provide you a crosshair, you can still kind of see what center is. How do you think, what do you think about that? Because to me, those feel <laughs> what, kind what of the same. What about the guy who has the, the hanging fucking, you know, like microscope, the zoom in, you know? <laughs> the, the, like physically like see closer to the monitor. Uh, you know, like I'm fine with all of these things, not in that competitive aspect for, you know, people doing that. Um, uh, all of those things I'm, I'm pretty fine with, even like the, the ultra wide monitor, I think. But uh, I, I do, I am still in agree. I agree with you that I think uh, it's probably a net positive because I also agree having some sort of software to, to help you. Um, I'm not a super big fan of it. Um, and that's why I've never used it. But I, you know, I've never bothered to think about it too much and mm-hmm. be bothered by it. I think that the first thing you touched on, the idea that like uh, Valve gets to tell the community like, hey, we're working on this. Hey, we recognize it's a problem. Hey, we're making the experience better is the biggest improvement and, and pause to come out of this because you know like oh they do care it's like ah man yeah. dad does care about me because that you know that that's a uh, something that gets levied valves way a lot is like they don't care um like you it's important in a relationship to show affection and to me this feels like valve is just showing us <laughs> little affection uh yeah i mean i think it's um so I think Valve's relationship with, in this specific instance, it's kind of like my uh, parents' relationship um, when it comes to my job. Uh, so what I mean is, I don't think they really know or care too much about what I do. Uh, what they they care about is that I'm happy. Uh, and I think in this instance, this is one of those things where I'm not sure Valve actually feel that strongly one way or another about Overwolf. Um, and like Dota buff and private profiles and stuff like that. What they do more so care about is how the community feels about it. So whenever you guys like think about like, oh, I don't like, say you were one of those guys that were like, oh, I fucking hate Overwolf. Well, you gotta start launching a campaign to like get the rest of the community on your side. And once there's enough push against this sort of thing, then I think that's when Valve steps in and says like, okay, you guys don't like this, then we'll, we'll take it out. Um, so that you whenever if you ever get super mad about something in that regard, just remember, Val probably doesn't care that much. They just more so care that you're happy. So you gotta make sure that other people join with you in saying on how unhappy you are with the situation. My take on this is I don't think Valve would have done it if Riot didn't do it first and then have a lot of people oh, did point. Riot do something recently? Riot did that? do this a couple months ago. They did something very similar where you were, um, you, you, they basically did the same thing for, for like different software, right? So uh, I think that, I, I think that a, a damn broke metaphorically when people can be like, but guys, Riot did it. Um, and then everyone yeah. can go, yeah, maybe it is a good <laughs> idea. Um, and, and I think, th- I think that that was probably the inflection point of, of this particular, um, situation. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, I think if Valve really cared about it that much, they would have shut it down a while ago. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like Overwolf was a new program. I've been hearing about this thing for forever. So. Years, 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 years. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do, do we want to table a conversation about BTS? Um, or is there sorry, actually, I actually, I actually talked to a reporter about, uh, BTS, um, yesterday and I talked about, God, I talked, I probably talked about some shit that I probably shouldn't have. Oh no. <laughs> I wouldn't real, I wouldn't real in depth to my thoughts about like esports and its future and like Saudi Arabia and all kinds of things, things that are probably, <laughs> I mean, I could, I've talked about on this podcast, but yeah, uh, you know, but now it's going to make a headline out of it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think I mean the dude said he's going to send me whatever he, he uses, and uh, and I can give my feedback on whether or not I want to be used. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm just kind of joking. I'm sure it's fine, mm-hmm. but it's more so that uh, this BTS thing is pretty sad, and I do think it says a lot about the esports industry and its direction. And yeah, and I think most of that direction is that it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah i i I don't know like a quick way to even touch on it it's like um do do you did you also see the news compounded that um like the esl group body sports engine uh no huh that is the uh basically a bunch of the former mlg employees Mm -hmm. uh, who had a merger with nge basically the, the 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 people who did grassroots to medium tier white label production which is bts and esports engine in two different ways just evaporated in the span of 72 hours which is mind-blowing and what i assume again a lot of speculation on the show forgive me um Esports Engine might have been in a similar spot to BTS where the finances just weren't making sense, right? And where BTS either chose not to do VC or sell or what have you years ago and that caught up to them now. Esports Engine might have been investing in that for a while and just pulled the trigger because of market conditions that were obviously also hurting BTS, right? So now you have one production company who has been, you know, bought up and conglomerated. It's probably like looked at as a success story. Uh, and then one who did not go that path, who did didn't take the VC, who didn't buy buy out, who didn't get the contracts, and now they're gone. And by they're gone, we mean people who are very good at their jobs, some industry leaders are gone. Uh, A a company that is truly integrated and important into Dota's history and growth and spot on Twitch and everything is just gone. A company that was super important to Smash. A company that was working on productions for people like Ludwig and and, and big content creators and other games and had business and had a studio and had like 30 people on payroll, I think. Uh, like just, 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 just gone. And why is that? Is it, is it because market conditions are so bad right now? Because people don't, because esports is a bubble? Because people don't want to spend money? Uh, to run tournaments because people like you know v- in, in name like a tier three game that would run esports like isn't looking for business from BTS because BTS can't get a contract from Valve for whatever reason um, like th- th- it, it seems like there's no money right um, and and you can't run a business if you have no money and you can sit sit here and investigate like how we got to the point but uh, that some of that feels kind of moot because we're we're here and they're they're not. Um, not to be too fucking melodramatic about it, but you know, it's... yeah, no, I mean to, to add on to that, I think the, like, uh, beyond the summit was 
um, an organization that was grassroots built out of the Dota community. And they should have been the first guys in line to be getting paid and be successful in Dota. But instead, they were like one of the first big names to walk away from Dota. Um, you know, they, they stopped doing a lot of Dota stuff. Um, part of that was, you know, of course, COVID um, because the summits, you know, can't really operate during COVID. But they never came back and, and brought them. We never did a Dota summit, I think, after COVID started. Um, and they didn't get a DPC this season. Uh, they, they should have been first in line for this sort of thing, uh, given everything they've done for Dota. Uh, yeah, uh, and I think it's it's a very bad sign, both for esports, um, but particularly Dota, that they moved away from Dota uh, and ultimately uh, are not in the space at all anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Um... Maybe there's more to talk about later as, as stuff continues to unfold. But just like the, the the when the news hit, I was like in a meeting. I was just in a meeting. It was a normal work meeting, and then somebody's like, "Hey, I think uh, BTS just shut down." And I went, "No, <laughs> like, like what are you talking about? That that makes no sense." And then you know you see you see LD's tweet, and then suddenly like ten people who were like having an important conversation just stop to be like holy fuck what is going on um it, it, it's it's shocking and in some cases appalling and not appalling at bts like appalling at the this this situation and the climate it's it's uh almost like you don't want to believe it to be the case for a bunch of reasons right um it's it's it's, it's, it's like akin to like a like a surprise death happening um because i mean kind of that's what it is um companies aren't yeah people, but yeah, I mean, you're the one who broke the news to me. I was, I was shocked. Uh, I definitely did not see that coming. Uh, I don't talk to the BTS guys um, like regularly or anything, but I do talk to uh, LD. Um, you know, every once in a while, I mm -hmm. would consider us friends for sure. Um, I talk to to gods probably a little less than that, um, but I would say we're friends as well. Hoppit used to work for BTS. I talk with him um, decently re regularly. So um, Dakota, friend of mine for sure. Um, you know, much love to that guy. And yeah, just a, you know, I sent a message to all three of those guys. Um, I think I'm going to end up uh, hanging out with them and doing some sort of game night with them when I get back from Peru. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I don't really know exactly why. I mean, honestly, like, uh, I was surprised by this because I thought their whole move towards the creator economy stuff would just made sense. I don't know how you felt about it, but I thought for them, them like esports having a downturn, uh, going into streaming, which is only getting more popular. Uh, I thought that was like a pretty smart business decision, but apparently it it was not paying the bills. I, I don't know if it's like a too many eggs in one basket situation. I don't know if it was I I it, it's it's impossible to, to know unless someone's telling the story, right? Um I guess some of our job of doing like a podcast that people are listening to is to speculate on some stuff, but it feels so much more icky to do it when I know these people. Cause like some of the stuff that I was so surprised about was that it always felt like BTS had such a market advantage, right? Like 
they were some of the first people to be doing this. They were successful grassroots. Um, they had you, the world on like th- there was a period of time where they were the most popular Twitch channel that existed, right? Um, yeah, and like they uh, they had the most authenticity of any tournament organizer or uh, event production. Right. They had some of the best content that that was made yep. at events like bar none. Um, they they have industry leaders in in multiple different fields and broadcast. Um, like, I I I don't know. Like they they had all those things. They had they had like the the big Ludwig connection, and he seems to just throw money at everything. They had so so much that's like how how did it happen um and just to be like oh well you know we decided not to take vc or ah oh, we decided uh, you know like ah oh, there, there's not a lot of people spending money on it like that all makes sense but how how did it get here like did was ah, ah. um yeah. it sucks it, it it genuinely sucks it sucks more knowing the these people it sucks more hearing about their pain and and the stories that like won't be public um it, it's it's a it, it's a bummer for dota <laughs> yeah 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 and you so, know what part if of fucking bts was... downturn as well you're right and if and if fucking bts was doing this major from a studio without an audience or like in a small shack in Los Angeles. I don't think we'd be having these problems. <laughs> you know? Yeah, probably not. It's a bummer. It's a fucking bummer. It's a, it's a genuine bummer. Um a lot of lot a lot a lot of good memories. Um a, a lot of good people who are looking for work and I'm hoping that I can, you know, snatch some up, but they should all find good homes. Um I couldn't imagine what kind of, you know, pain LD and gods are going through. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Enough yeah. of that BTS. This 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 whole event needs some fucking positivity. So we're not ending the fucking podcast on that. We're going to end it on looking forward to the rest of the event. Team Liquid is going to win a major. Yeah, I will yeah, see yeah. you in Peru. We're going to be on Austin and on Saturday. We're going to be on the beach in Peru. How cool is that? We are indeed. We're going to be uh, in a stadium with a very, very loud crowd. Uh, probably one of the loudest crowds that I have ever um, been, you know, physically a part of was that Beast Coast versus EG crowd. So, uh, yeah, the the hype is super, super real. Uh, some A lot of a lot of the the audience does uh, check out for some of the other matches, but I imagine it's early on in the tournament as we start getting down the line Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I imagine it's going to be packed and it's going to be loud and it's going to be super hype. And, uh, you know, all the technical problems that we've had sucks for viewers, sucks for everybody. It sucks for production, it sucks for talent, sucks for everybody. Um, But, you know, I do think we're, or at least I hope we're rounding a corner and uh we're we're going to be able to get through the the rest of the tournament without any issues um you know there there is one thing that i could say for certain is that there is definitely not a lack of passion um there's there's a lot of people who do care a lot about this event and they're working very hard to to make things happen so i'm decently confident we'll get there in the end so yeah 
I think that we're going to have a crazy awesome grand finals. Uh, I look forward to taking photos of, of Mickey crying and holding a trophy. That's uh, that's going to happen on Sunday. We're like a couple days away from that. Um, and I'm not going to edit that out because it's just what's going to happen. I'm like a fucking uh, future seer. What do they call those? Um, you know, the more you put into this... Fortune teller. If, if you show up and they don't win... Then it's gonna start looking like you're. It's your fault, Joey. No, I actually, I I, I sent Aiden a screenshot of my. I sent Sadie a screenshot of my flight, and I said, "No pressure, bro." <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Is it possible for Liquid to be eliminated before you arrive? No, because I will get there. <laughs> I get, I get there Saturday morning, uh, and if they lose to Shopify uh, tomorrow, which isn't gonna happen, their next game is a uh, seven a.m. Uh, Pacific, which is 10 a.m. Eastern uh, on March 4th. So I would be there for that Loader Bracket quarterfinal game. All right. Sounds good. 